Hello, everyone. My name is Roy Yujiao. I am the pupil mentor at Weili Primary. Welcome to today's podcast. In today's episode, we will discuss emotions and strategies for dealing with them. Emotions are the fundamental part of the human experience, but sometimes they can be overwhelming and uncontrollable. Picture this: you are in a high-pressure situation. Your TOEFL test is due in three days. Despite your effort put into studying for the test, you're anxious about the result and want to quit. What if I told you there's a way to rewire your thoughts and shift your emotions in a more positive direction? In today's episode, we're delving into the fascinating world of cognitive behavioral therapy and uncovering practical strategies to help you regulate your emotions effectively. Are you ready to unlock the power of your mind? Before we jump into the techniques. Let me ask you a few questions. Have you been trying a lot of different techniques but finding them ineffective? Did they work for a while, but the same kind of emotions that bother you come back every time similar situations arise, and you're frustrated because you cannot get rid of them? Don't worry, cognitive behavioral therapy can help. For convenience, I will use the abbreviation CBT instead of cognitive behavioral therapy throughout the remainder of this podcast. CBT is a psychological approach that focuses on the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. It focuses on how our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are linked and affect each other. CBT helps us identify, challenge, and change our unhelpful or maladaptive thinking patterns and behaviors. And by doing so, we can improve our emotional well-being, self-esteem, and coping skills. You might ask. What makes CBT different from other techniques? Well, we're just about to get there. We often believe we are at the mercy of situations and events. For example, the long line at the bank made us upset. What others say hurts our feelings, or a sunny day makes us happy, while a rainy one gets us depressed. So many situations in our lives have the power to make us feel happy or sad, angry or calm. However, Is that truly the case? Does the situation actually have control over our moods and emotions? This is where CBT jumps right in and answers a big right no. In the field of CBT, we believe that it is our interpretation of the situation, rather than the situation itself, that elicits our feelings. And I'll elaborate on this point by drawing on the classic CBT homework assignment. A common CBT homework assignment usually requires you to take a notebook paper, make three vertical columns, and identify the left one as A, the middle one as B, and the right one as C. The A column is for the situation, which we often attribute to causing our emotions. Column C, on the other hand, represents the mood or emotion that arises as a result of the situation in column A. Typically, we believe that A causes C. Nonetheless, there is this middle column B, which stands for a belief about the situation. Our belief is what translates, filters, and gives meaning to the situation that gives rises to our moods and emotions, as well as decisions and behaviors. It is this B column that CBT explores and examines, and provides tools by which the belief can be changed. When the belief about the situation changes, the mood or emotion we experience changes, and then our decisions change, so we act differently. Now let's go back to why lots of techniques don't work, and your emotions keep haunting you when similar situations occur. 
The answer is, you didn't address the beliefs. If we picture our beliefs and emotions as parts of a healthy tree, the former would be the root, while the latter, the leaves. Therefore, unless we cut the root, the leaves will keep growing incessantly. For instance, let's assume that Salome gets nervous before every exam. As soon as she knows there is an upcoming test, she doesn't allow herself to relax, dedicating all her time to studying. She even rushes through meals and showers, fearing that any delay might trigger intense anxiety, leading to symptoms like palpitations and acid reflux. Despite her past achievements as an excellent student, Selma still cannot let go of the pressure. This could be due to her belief that she is not as capable as others in the academic field, making it impossible for her to feel at ease regardless of her previous experiences. Digging deeper, it is possible that she holds a core belief of "I am not good enough," which drives her to believe that she must put in significantly more effort than others to perform well. Let's provide another example using this core belief of not being good enough. Some high achievers, even overachievers, may seem to have it all: a big house, luxury cars, six-figure salaries. Successful children and a good partner. However, they still feel unhappy, lacking a sense of vitality and purpose. This could also be attributed to their core belief, namely, "I am not good enough." Consequently, no matter how much they possess, it is difficult to alleviate the anxiety deeply rooted within them. Now that we know how CBT works. Let's explore how we can use CBT principles to regulate our emotions. One essential step is to identify triggering situations and thoughts that cause emotional distress. For example, let's say you have a presentation coming up, and the thought of speaking in front of a large audience makes you anxious. By recognizing the thought as a trigger, you can start working on managing your emotions. Next. It's crucial to accurately label your emotions. For instance, instead of simply saying "I'm anxious," trying to be more specific and identify whether you are feeling nervous, overwhelmed, or fearful. This helps you gain a better understanding of your emotional state, and enables you to address it more effectively. Once you've identified the triggering thoughts and accurately labeled your emotions, it's time to examine and challenge negative thought patterns. Let's say you have a belief that you will embarrass yourself during the presentation. You can challenge this belief by asking yourself for evidence that supports or contradicts it. You might realize that you have successfully given presentations in the past without any major issues. By challenging and reframing your negative thoughts, you can develop a more balanced perspective and reduce the intensity of your emotions. I'll give another example of cognitive restructuring using the ABC model. Let's say you receive feedback on an assignment that points out some areas for improvement. The activating event is receiving the feedback, and your initial belief might be that you are a failure or not good enough. Consequently, you feel discouraged and demotivated. To challenge this belief, you can examine the evidence. And consider alternative perspectives. Ask yourself if there are any other explanations for the feedback, or if it's possible to learn and grow from it. By doing so, 
you can shift your belief from being a failure to viewing it as an opportunity for growth. This change in belief will lead to a different emotional response, such as feeling motivated to work on improving the areas highlighted in the feedback. One last example of this technique concerns how we can use it to address quarrels with friends. Let's imagine a scenario where you had a conflict with your close friend over a misunderstanding. The activating event is the misunderstanding and subsequent argument. Your initial belief might be that your friend intentionally hurt you, or doesn't care about your feelings. As a consequence, you might feel angry, resentful, or betrayed. To challenge this belief, it is important to examine the evidence objectively. Ask yourself if there could be alternative explanations for your friend's behavior. Consider whether there might have been a miscommunication, or if there are any other factors that could have influenced the situation. Reflect on the history of your friendship and any previous positive experiences you've had together. By doing so, you might begin to reframe your belief from assuming malicious intent to reconsidering that your friend may have made an unintentional mistake or had their own reasons for their actions. This shift in perspective can lead to a different emotional response, such as empathy, understanding, or a willingness to communicate and resolve the conflict. Remember. Cognitive restructuring is not about dismissing our emotions or invalidating our experiences. It's about challenging our automatic negative thoughts and considering alternative perspectives. By practicing cognitive restructuring, we can foster healthier and more constructive relationships with our friends, leading to improved emotional well-being and stronger connections. Now, please allow me to say congratulations. Because you have gained valuable insights into the power of cognitive behavioral therapy in regulating emotions, together we explored the principles of CBT and discussed practical strategies for applying CBT in emotional regulation. We learned how thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are connected, and how cognitive restructuring can help challenge negative beliefs, and therefore help us feel better. Remember. Emotional regulation is a skill that takes practice and patience. Don't be too hard on yourself if it doesn't come easily at first. It's normal to have negative thoughts, but the key is to challenge and reframe them with more positive and realistic ones. By consistently applying these techniques, you can gradually change your belief systems, regulate your emotions, and ultimately improve your overall well-being. Thank you for joining me on this journey of understanding and applying CBT for emotional regulation. Please stay tuned for more episodes and remember that you have the power to shape your emotional experience and lead a more fulfilling life. Keep exploring, learning, and growing. Until next time.